When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Billy. Left footed. It's a cheeky one. Square. Welcome to episode 218 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam. Uh, And I'm Tiggs. Great to have you on today, Tiggs. It was an unfortunate loss at the weekend. We haven't won a league game in 2024. Worried yet? Uh, No, 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 not worried yet. Not worried yet because we have been picking up points, albeit not wins. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of positivity from before. We just need to find our mojo again. We'll, We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, Tiggs was the man on the mic outside Craven Cottage. So these are some of the best of the fans' views at full time. Here we are in Putney outside Craven Cottage. Uh, unfortunately, Bournemouth lost 3-1 today uh, to Fulham, which is uh, disappointing to say the least. A funny old game. Went down pretty early on in the first half, a one goal, and then just couldn't quite recover, Tom. Yeah, I thought that changed the game. So, you know, the first goal, you play against a team like this, I think if... Um, we saw at our place if you keep it nil nil, probably got a little bit more about us. But we gave them a goal. It's, it's, it's an unfortunate one. Cookie slips, and they score. And then after that, I thought we weren't good enough. We weren't good enough to win the game. We weren't good enough today. Um, a lot of individual errors. For um, yeah, Cookie obviously slipped for the first one. I think Kelly's not winning enough headers. Uh, Zabardi uh, was at fault a little bit for the second. Don't believe we got a good enough goalkeeper. Uh, whether it's his fault, I think a good goalkeeper doesn't let him free today, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. And um, and then you're looking at the bench and, you know, we don't know enough about Unai or Favre. It's, it's, it's not fair on them to say they can come and impact the game yet. Um, and then you've, you've only got to look at uh, League Below and the Championship and Rothwell and Brooks are changing the game for Southampton. And uh, I'll also, I, I think we've done it because we're, we're probably safe and fine. Yeah. So we've taken that gamble. But you can't tell me Brooks coming on the pitch is any worse than Dango, who did play well. He did, no, play, badly. did play badly. He was fine. He was absolutely fine. I, I'm not criticising Dango. But Dango doesn't change the game for Southampton today like Brooks does. Um, and Southampton fans are laughing at us for Rothwell and Brooks changing the game. And uh, we, we haven't got ourselves to do it. I just, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a bad one today. I, did, I think if we lose to, like we have recently, to Liverpool and Tottenham, where they're a little bit too good for us, yeah, yeah. you kind of go, okay, you know, we're, we're trying bits, but they're a little bit, got a little bit more quality. Yeah, yeah. They're not very good. Uh, honestly, they're not very good at all. They didn't have to do much today. Rodrigo Munez scored two, and he's a very, very average striker. But we made him look good. We weren't any good today. The only thing they changed really from the home game where we beat him 3-0 was um, William. 
yeah. who play well. He's always been a thought in us. Yeah, side. yeah, no, he's a good player. And I yeah. said that in the preview that William might make the difference. But um, that home game, we beat him so easily. Yeah. But then Justin Cliver, who's on our bench today, couldn't get on the pitch. And uh, he played really well against him. So I don't really get that. Yeah, it is what it is. But nothing against subs. Not too many individual problems. Just It's just not happening at the moment, mate. And... Uh, yeah, we're calling upon subs that I don't think are quite to the level, even though Watara and that are going to work hard. Watara's not going to do what Brooks could do, in my in my opinion, and that's what I said um, when he went. Uh, just don't really get it, but maybe we think we're not good enough for Europe and we're not we're we're too good to go down. So we'll be fine, mid table, see what yeah. happens. Hey Mike, tell me about your opinions of the game today. Uh, first half, lethargic, uh, lacked uh, team cohesion, a bit. Meh, um, they just like going through the motions but without actually getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, and the second half a little bit better. I think they, they kept going all the way, but it's just like no matter how long they went on, we weren't going to get any further. No. So it was a bit of those days. I don't think we are performing anywhere near our normal standards. And it was so a little bit disappointed on that. They kept working, but uh, there was never going to be an end result, not a positive one anyway. So uh, a bit disappointing, but... That's another week, just have to get on with it and move on. It feels like we have, it kind of, kind of, we hit like a high, maybe that Man United game maybe with the, was the high, and then slowly our performances have kind of drifted and got a bit. How do we get back up there, Mike? What, 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 what do we do next, do you think? I think it's just positive thought, uh, keep training. Um, maybe uh, they're a little bit tired, I don't know. Maybe the, it got them a bit, the pressure of always winning. So I'm, I'm sure they'll get back to the ways. Um, uh, who have we got next? Is it? Uh, it's uh, Newcastle New- away next. Newcastle, yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? A good away performance there. And uh, But I, I'm quite positive uh, Areola will actually be able to swing things around. You do have these moments anyway, any yeah. season, no matter how well you perform. So I'm uh, not too worried about it, to be honest with you. Thanks for coming on, mate. All the best. Cheers. See you soon. Hey, Jamie, how are you doing, buddy? You okay? Yeah, I'm deflated, to be honest, because yeah. it was such a game that I went in, and even at half time, I thought. Three points. These lot, the bang average, and it just was never really there. I don't think Iroha got it right today, if I'm being honest. Okay. I'd have, I'd have started Kirkes and brought Kelly on instead yeah. of how he did it, and I'd have started Justin Cliver. Right. And I don't get how Cliver hasn't got any minutes today. I think he's better than most of the subs that we brought on. Yeah. I'm not impressed with Roman Favre right now. Right now, I don't see how he's better than Brooks. Yeah. He's so. not getting a lot of minutes, is he? He's getting like a yeah. little bit at the end, which yeah. is it's really difficult to get an he's, idea. It's almost like he's getting less than Brooks did. So why True. so why are we letting Brooks go? And there's a tiny bit of doubt coming in with our recent performances, no wins since Boxing Day, two points off West Ham, yeah. um Forest and Fulham. Is has it really been found out? I'm hoping not hoping not and yep. I don't think he has been but it is worrying with no winning what six now Yeah. but I mean I'm still confident difficult next two games there are more games where you're just like if we get a point it's a bonus uh, but yeah still Chess, hope we still survive yeah thank you Jamie all the best safe journey home hey you Chris Hey, do you want the uh, the good news or the bad news? Uh, I'd like both, but in the order that you feel is best okay. for TV. The <laughs> bad news is awful match. Yeah. The good news is I've had three people volunteer to drive me to the airport to get me out of the country. <laughs> it was that bad. It is he that wasn't, bad. He wasn't it's due to leave bad. for another month, but he's <laughs> he wants to That's go it. now. Kicking me out. <laughs> Kicking me out. Hey, so. uh, Fulham weren't half bad, though, were they? Yeah, they took advantage of their uh, chances, and so that's all you can, you know, the yeah. first goal, even though it was a slip by Cook, it was still a good shot, and they just did what they needed to do to win. They were more clinical than we were. Uh, we had a million corners in the end. Tim Ream, magnet head, because yeah. he got every one of them, came right to him. It was impressive. Not yeah. for us, but it was impressive to see but first half I'm sure everyone said first half man it looked like the first few games of the year where we just didn't know what we were doing we didn't know if, you know act like we hadn't played together you know in months yeah second half you know we uh put a little bit more pressure on but it was because out of necessity I wish we would have came out with that intensity at the very beginning might have been a different match yeah so but overall uh fun trip fun time to Craven College just to see it and be around uh, be around the back of the net community you know it's always good to uh, hang out with uh, friends that you see online and see in the videos yeah, so a been, good time overall it's been lovely for us too appreciate good, good, that. Time, appreciate that. hey Thank before you. you go look you've seen a few games you see the players up close again yeah I like you did last time who do you think has stood out for you as, as you know he's, he's he's our main guy at the moment or or maybe maybe somebody who other people aren't looking at that you might be spotted and you thought you know look at this guy he's, he's working hard um 
Let me think on that one because coming from the matches that I've just seen, there hasn't been anybody the last no. three that, is, that separated themselves. It was pretty cool though to Ennis uh, today really yeah. put his nose nose in there. He, he really wanted, yeah, he really, really wanted, wanted it. to. Yeah. And Semenyo, even though he came on, you know, he was really active and did a lot positive with it. So, but you know, we just gotta gotta try to get some points here pretty soon. So yeah. I know the schedule is not the greatest coming up, but we gotta get something going on here pretty yeah. soon. So, uh, so uh, yeah, tough game today. I think I think Fulham worked really really hard. Uh, we tried our best, but we just couldn't pick ourselves back up. So, up the chairs. Bye. So, Fulham 3, Bournemouth 1 was the result at Craven Cottage. In this show, we're going to talk about the good and bad of AFC Bournemouth, but I think it's also probably right to praise Fulham as well, because they probably do come out with a lot of credit from that. They've had a bit of a topsy-turvy run of league form, but it's fair to say that they worked us out. And um, yeah, a lot of credit will be paid to them. But first, we're pleased to announce that this episode of the Back of the Net podcast is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Uh, Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Bourne fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK. 900? Wow. That's a lot. That is an awful lot. It's almost a thousand. It doesn't matter where you're based. You can catch every single minute of the action. And if you download the Green King Sport app, you won't just get 10% off all drinks at any time there's a match on the TV. But, but this month, and I've been on it, there is also free Guinness to be won with this game that is, I think, is impossible. But you've got to outrun the rugby player and you've got to press it. It's so interesting. You just have to get a high score and then you might get a free pint of Guinness. Also, when you do score King as well, chance to get a free beer on there. So download the Green King Sport app. There's also a chance to win one of six holidays. Can I do that now? Go on, do it. Okay. So it's uh, two points from a possible 15 from AFC Bournemouth. One of the features in our recent good run was rarely giving the ball away, but it seemed to be that we gave it away a lot at the weekend. Thankfully, our league position has not suffered, Tiggs. We are still in 13th. Well, Fulham have leapfrogged above us. We knew that would happen, but we've got a two-point gap over Brentford, who has sat in 14th there. And yeah, we're, we're very much looking like the epitome of a mid-table side at the moment. But I, I don't know. I just don't feel good without having any W's at all in our last five. So yeah, it's so weird, like it. isn't it? You know, it wasn't that long ago we were at the top of the form table. No matter how many games you picked, we were still there. And it was just live. And then after that Liverpool game, it's just kind of fallen apart a little bit. Look at the league table was really, really interesting as well in that um, I've had a few conversations with people about how many points we think we need in order to, to secure safety this season. Yeah. Some people have said to me 36, but, uh, or maybe, I don't know, maybe even lower. So it doesn't feel like we're far away from that. It's but, weird, isn't it? Because but, Everton are, what, half, so they, they've they um, 24 games in, and yeah. they're on that kind of, if you're saying that, th I mean, 38 points has always been something that's been mentioned. Yeah. They're halfway to that, but after 24 games, so I think it is, like we said on the vlog, yeah. one of the lowest points totals in quite a while. It's, Absolutely. It, it seems to be coming down every year. Our team's getting worse or something. I don't know. I think it's really hard when you when you come up from the championship, especially, yeah. in order to kind of put together a squad that's going to be able to compete and go the length of the season as well, which mm. is... You know, it's a tricky, it's tricky. And we, injuries, I mean, we could talk about that for ages. You could have a whole podcast just, yeah. just about injuries because we're not the only Premier League team that has those problems. However, into this game, we didn't really have a lot of injuries, no. whereas Fulham, actually, interestingly. Yeah, that's and, and that's weird because in, in December, we did have quite a few, but it's almost like all the other players stepped up to the yeah. plate. But now there's almost this, everyone's feeling reassured that we've got uh, lots of players to select from. But we're worse as a result of it. It's be a full sense of confidence maybe going into some games. I don't know. And there is the form table that uh, Tiggs was alluding to. If you're if you're listening via the audio pod, we're in seventeenth. We're just we're just oh, above the relegation zone yeah. in the form table at least. That last win there, being against Fulham on Boxing Day, but since then three losses and two draws. I think it was always going to be a tough at Craven Cottage. I think nineteen of their twenty six points that they'd garnered. Uh, before their win on Saturday were one at Craven Cottage and they've taken 14 from the last 18 on offer at home. So it was always going to be tricky. But for some reason, 
we were chatting on the pub. Yeah. We were like, we're feeling good about this. We yeah. think we can get a result. But uh, it's funny how football works, really, because now I'm feeling a bit limp and thinking, oh, no, where, like, where are the points going to come from now? Yeah, I think, I think there was like sort of three different reasons that people were, were kind of buzzing around about the game. It was, it was the yellow and blue kits, for one. Unbeaten. Until now. Uh, it was also the fact that our record against Fulham is, is remarkably good, especially Ooh. at Craven Cottage. 1992 was the last loss, I think, we worked out. And until this last weekend. Yeah. And uh, and I think also, you know, we, we just felt that we have a, a competitive side. We were getting players back from AFCON. Yeah. We thought we'd have all the firepower we needed. Mm. But it didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, it is It is very strange. Uh, so let's look. Let's uh, skip forward to two o'clock on the day itself. We went to the Jolly Gardeners for a few drinks. You'll see more in the Away Day review, by the way. So make sure you subscribe uh, for that. That will be coming out later on on this channel. But I suppose the lineup wasn't overly surprising in many ways, I think. A lot of people maybe expected Clivert to come in that number 10 role. It was Alex Scott that took it. But otherwise, it was pretty much as we thought. Fulham were stronger than maybe we'd expected because they had like Harry Wilson coming back, albeit onto the bench. I think Tosin was back as well. Yeah. He was on the bench as well. But I mean, it was always going to be a fairly even contest. But with the side we put out... I was feeling all right about that. I thought, come on, we can at least get a draw from this. A lot of people were really excited about it and, and, and looking at the squad. And a lot of people were really interested in the addition, Alex Scott coming in, mm. in that in that 10 role, um, which was, you know, uh, you look back and you go, well, maybe that was a mistake. But at the time, people were really excited about mm. it because it felt like he could do a little bit of everything in there. Yeah. He, he would be competitive. He would be somebody who's going to press as, as well as create something. Um, but, you know... I think, and interesting, Kelly as well at left back again, um, and not using Kirkes yet. Yeah, I think Scott's Scott's good at what he does, but in that role, I'm still not convinced because I think mm. Clivert presses a lot more, forces a lot of yeah. errors from the defenders, whereas Scott, I don't think, is naturally that player. I mean, what he did at Bristol City, he sort of can. He played a number of roles there, yeah. really, within the midfield, but uh, he got up and scored goals as well, which is maybe something that. Areola was perhaps thinking about, but um, I would say the sort of midfield three were probably the least on it as they've ever been, yeah. really. I thought that's where our battle was was really lost. And you know what? It doesn't help when you start a game and you cause your own problems. And I, I think I may have said on the vlog or since then on social media, there were echoes of Everton with that Zabani slip that put them in. And from yeah. then, it, it almost caused a, a confidence crisis within the team because it was really unfortunate. I mean, yes, the blame is laid at Lewis Cook, but no one's laying into him because he's been superb for us so far. But it was so unfortunate the way it happened. The ball was played across. I didn't think Cook was the favourite to actually take the ball on, but he's no. obviously confident enough to take a touch within the box and try to clear it the, the right way. But then a really unfortunate slip and in comes Decold over Reed with a with a with a relatively easy finish, but you yeah. don't want to be starting one 0 down after three minutes. I mean, Fulham know what that's like because we we score a lot of early goals against them. But yeah, she was on the other foot this time. Absolutely, I think it was when Lewis Cook got the ball. And you thought, okay, he's got it. And you saw all the other players turn to start making a run up the pitch, essentially. <laughs> yeah, because they, they could trust him. Because they could trust him. And then he's he's just got his ass. He's flat out. And yeah. then you know you could. Sense the frustration straight away, but credit to the boys, they rallied around and it looked like, you know, oh no, we're all right, we're okay, we're okay, um, mm. we'll get going again. But I mean, I, that feeling that Lewis Cook must have had about being on his ass on a professional football pitch, I mean, can you relate to this? <laughs> I can very much relate, yeah. Have we got the clip? I don't know if we have, it's on social media. Somewhere. It's on somewhere, yeah, yeah. We've but... posted it so many times, before. I'm not going to ridicule you again. But, um, <laughs> it's fine, you can find it if you want to. But they are, you know what, but I noticed a, a lot of players were slipping around early doors. There were a lot of, they watered that pitch heavily. Yeah, I remember you saying that during the game, you, you were sort of, Somebody else slipped a minute later, and then a Fulham player slipped, didn't they? Mm, yeah. As we were kind of watching the game, and um, yeah, but then we like to do that. We like to yeah. make it slick, and a lot, you know, some really intricate kind of passing with Fulham. Um, and like we're talking more about it. I mean, yeah. William himself, he William was, was, yeah, he was unplayable, pass. really. I mean, it's kind of like when when um, when Christie has a really good game, yeah, Christie's like that. But yeah. but this, but, but William was a. I don't know. I'd, for me, I just thought, and I think he always plays really well against us. Even when he was at Chelsea, he played always so well against us. Like, interesting um, in the build-up to that first goal because it was it was the ball was with Senesi at the back. He played this long, low pass trying to meet the feet of Dom Solanke. It cut yeah. through everyone, but then 
Solanke lost it or wasn't first to it. And then that set Fulham on the counter-attack. And that's ultimately what led to the first goal. And you know what, William, he, he was causing us problems on the left flank but sometimes he drifted over to the right, right as well yeah. so I don't know what the average positions are like we'll, we'll check it out a bit later on in the show so whilst he was so effective on the left because he drifts yeah it's probably more central but he had this um this this quick sort of one two where Christie was like marking him but William knew what he wanted to do Christie was flat-footed and he went through at an angle and Neto, I think it was a really good save. I probably over-egged how good the save was on the. I think most keepers will be saving that, but he just palmed it out with his left. Yeah, I think any other team with a bit of attacking uh, know-how would have probably chased that in. Yeah, and scored from that because it, it went straight across goal, and I think Sanessi just got a foot on it to put it out of play. But um, that was a sign of things to come wasn't it because Fulham I just thought were you know were rampant and they were that they were hungry all over the pitch so full of confidence like you, you say that about you know following it in but I felt that from probably their point of view is that they had so much in the ball oh. they had all the opportunities early in that first half it didn't feel like we were able to get anything going yeah I think um there was a there was also was it Robinson on he the was left right you know what the way so quick. The, uh, the way that he overlapped William yeah. it's, it, it's kind of the stuff that we should have been doing but yeah. Kelly just wasn't getting forward like that I, I, it's almost like an Areola remembered the good bits from the Swansea game where I thought Kelly was absolutely superb and yeah. his average position was so high up the pitch he was getting forward but there was none of that at all and weirdly our wings, like, didn't you feel as though we were weirdly underutilizing the wing? I mean, all our attacks yeah, seem to come through the central spine. There was this kind of cutting in thing. Like, uh, you know, um, Adam Smith does it in the first half. A re you know, really kind of carves out an opportunity on you know, almost on his own, really. But whereas other games, I've probably been a criticism of mine, actually. Which is kind of weird saying this now, but there were games like Sinistera bombing down all the way to the byline, trying to get a cross in when he obviously could have come in earlier. But in this game, we didn't do that. We we seem to have come inside all the time. Yeah. Um, and yet that's probably where we lost the battle the most because it was so congested. Yeah. I think I think Sinistera had a chance that he created when he did cut it onto his right foot. And that, yeah. we, he had a couple, actually. One he put into the side netting, which he should have done better with, really. And then another one which tested the keeper, went out for a corner. And then... That Dom Solanke chance at the time, I didn't realise it was as good as what it was. Is this the corner one? Yeah. Yeah, 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 completely. I, I couldn't see it from where we were um, and you couldn't work out what part of the body it made contact yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. It feels like when I was watching it back, if it hit any other part of him, yeah. it could have well gone in. Like Even if he'd fallen forward and just hit it with his ear or something, it would yeah. have probably gone in. But It was obviously a set piece because oh, yeah, it was, well big, was it Tav that swung in the corner, but it was done at such pace and it bounced... For Solanke, a, a height where it's yeah. like, okay, do you... What do you do? You know, exactly, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. And he had to kind of angle his body and he got a side foot on it, but it just went high. I mean, the goalkeeper's face in that picture is great because he's like, oh, where did he come from? <laughs> yeah, the ball's As he kind of pulls in front of him. Really, if I'm thinking about it, it would have been better for him to just nip forward and try to just get a little bit yeah, of a nod on it so. or something. But it wasn't long before Fulham went 2-0 up. And there are so many different things you can unpick about this. I mean, okay, there was... um. There was a spell, and I'm going to show um, a little video of this, where at this stage, right, the ball... This is about a minute before the Fulham goal. Okay. The ball is played back from Kelly to Neto. And you, at this point, you think, well, he's got time. He's got he, loads, of yeah, loads of opportunities there. He, he, he didn't have that much time because he was being closed down. But even still, he could have used his left foot yeah. just to get it up the pitch. And he does, like, inexplicably, he wants to put it, play it with his right foot and the ball is out of play. So Fulham regain it. Moments later, Kelly then puts it out of play. So Fulham managed to get the ball back and they work it out to the, to the left-hand side. And again, our nemesis, William, Absolute superb. And he put yeah. a ball over and vibes of the Tavernier billing combination at Old yeah, Trafford. Yeah, yeah, Old Trafford, yeah. To the to the far stick and and a lot of Bournemouth fans again are wondering, okay, where is the fault here? So this is this is the moment when the ball, and this is just a still, of course, but William puts the ball across. I think we probably stood off William a little bit too much, showed him a bit too much respect. He had I mean, look where he is. Yeah. 
I mean, how, he's, he's hit that ball from pretty deep, hasn't he? He has. And he had Adam Smith on toast, by the way, throughout yeah. most of that game. I think our right side came in for a lot of criticism. But equally, left side, Kelly wasn't overly great and he was substitute half time. But you look at this here and you think, okay, there's no way that Muniz is going to win this before anyone else. No. Because, you know, Zabani's there, Neto's there as well. And somehow... Well, I mean, explain what happened there, Tix, because I, I mean, I can't really work it out. I mean, it just, I mean, it's a mist, mistimed jump or either he didn't see him behind him. I'd like to think he knew he was there. Mm. Um, was that Kelly? Yeah. Um, and then it, it was quite easy, really. He just knocked it into the path, didn't he? Mm. Um, Neto doesn't really move until no. quite late. He doesn't, I mean, he's not calling out, is he? He's not making any noise. No, well, the, yeah, this is my problem. When you watch the replays back, like, like Neto's captain, he's got the he's got the whole pitch in front of him. He can see what's going on. He can see Zabani easier than what you know. Like Zabani's got to think of the players that are to his right. He's got to see where Neto is. I think Zabani, his job was to, in his mind, was to shield shield it so yeah. that just shield the ball, protect the ball, so that Neto would just be able to claim easily. But Neto doesn't even open his mouth to even communicate with like Ilya about what to do. And as a result, it's just a simple toe poke and in the back of the net it goes and And the thing I find really interesting about this because I think we're going to touch again on this again is mm. you've got the William ball in from deep to the back post. Yeah. And that's how it essentially that's how they end up scoring. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh it just, I, I don't know, it just felt a little a little passive at times. And I find with, with Neto, this is one thing I find, like individually, right? And this is not Neto slander and stuff. We're going to, there's lots of players that we can criticise here. And I know that Tom's been vocal about Neto on the vlog and other, other um, players as well, which we will also touch on, including some remarkably bizarre social media reaction, by the way. Um I think individually, Neto does some great things. His shot stopping is really good. But anytime he requires any cooperation with his teammates, mm. uh, communicating, getting out and punching the ball, he falls short in my eyes. And I, I don't want to say it, but like, is it time to give Travers a chance? Or is, there, is this a conversation that should be had maybe at the end of the season? I don't know. I don't know either. Well, I mean... I don't know what the expectation upon him is. I mean, we can sit from the sands and we can look at it and we go, well, if I was playing in that back four, I'd like my goalkeeper to shout for it. But maybe that's not the way that they communicate. Maybe that's they, they don't ask the goalkeeper to do that. I don't know. He looks almost um, terrified to come off his goal line at times. We've seen multiple times where players have scored headers. I remember one at, at Brighton. There's been Everton before where he's, he's practically on the line. I don't know what it is, but it just it's almost a confidence crisis with him. I don't know. Or maybe that's a, an instruction put to him. I, 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 just you, don't get I mean, it. you can flip it both ways, I think. And you could say, from his point of view, maybe he's looking at his defenders and he's thinking, we've got no problem here. Mm. Kelly's going to win that header. I don't need to come out. But there are points in this game where we see that from players. And we said it earlier about the first goal with Cook. Yeah, Our players go, oh, no, he's all right. He'll be fine. I'll move on. Maybe there's a little bit of caution that we need to apply a little bit more, a little bit of kind of what's going to happen to the second ball here kind of thinking, yeah. rather than just assuming that this is dealt with. Mm. Um, I know it's difficult, isn't it? Because you want to play front foot, you want to play confident football. Mm. But at the same time, I don't know. Either Neto puts himself into trouble here or his defenders have put into trouble is what I'm trying to say. And that, mm. that's open to interpretation. But I think it should just be him that's making the decision. But yeah. I, I, and look, He's got competition. How many how many goalkeepers have we got now? Five. I think. It seems like a lot. Yeah, it's it we got a lot. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot. And you know, Travers, I'm hopefully didn't just come back to warm the bench. And we we've seen how how good Travers could be. Yes, in in cup competitions where arguably you're playing weaker opposition. But his loan move was, was was really good. I mean, from what we've heard, yeah. he was just oh, they loved him at Stoke. They absolutely he loved was doing him. They really really well there. So it must be frustrating for him. I must admit. And as for Radu, we don't want to go too much into goalkeepers, but you know that guy. Come on, he must be thinking to himself why am i here <laughs> yeah exactly what's going on with that i think we had one more chance in that half that was of note tavernier probably should have done better sinister pulled didn't it back. make the highlights that tavernier one yeah that's that. weird isn't it yeah but fulham had like 11 minutes of highlights on their website it wasn't on there and i thought that was one of the more clearer chances that that we had by the way skipping forward the Fulham commentators later on in the game, <laughs> they are not neutral. Not that they have to be. No, of they course, have to but be. Uh, we're not neutral either, are we? Uh, you know, I think Chris, I mean, albeit maybe that is specifically for Fulham 
uh, FFC TV or whatever, whereas obviously we take our commentary from BBC Radio Solar, where maybe still, they have to be a little bit more involved. I don't know if they do. I mean, sometimes, I mean... Like Willow... Willow's not. Yes! Yes! And, and to be fair, you know, Chris Temple's iconic uh, commentary doesn't sound very... Yeah, true. But anyway, anyway, there we go. So... At half time, I, we were thinking, okay, changes need to be made. I think a lot of people were looking at the right hand side, though, because Tavernier, I thought, was relatively ineffective. All of our attacks seemed to yeah. be coming down the left hand flank, but it was Kelly that got substituted. Yeah, it was unusual, really. Well, not unusual. It, nobody had a great game. No. So we had to change something. Um, there was an argument to say, okay, maybe Kelly could be tucked in and you take mm -hmm. one of the central defenders off and you put, and then you get both of them yeah. still, um, because he is one of our better players and he can bring the ball forward out of defence and do something with it. Tav, really, uh, an odd game for him. Uh, yeah. I'm not really convinced with him on the on that right wing. Do you think they leave him on for like set-piece delivery and corners? I mean, we had enough corners in the second See, half. I think he is good at that. But then yeah. I also think we've got Alex Scott on the pitch as well. And, I, I, and you've got Lewis Cook in there, in, invariably ends up taking a lot of them anyway. Well, I thought, out of, season. I thought out of Tav and Scott, at least one of them will get subbed at half time. Scott, I didn't think was... No. Was it. And the obvious replacement would be Cliver because yeah. he was passing. And, he's, and, you know, he's been getting in the goals. Yeah. And... yeah, exactly. And he was able to hit the back of the net as well. But um, I thought, yeah, that, that midfield three was just... not. Christie was giving the ball away a lot. Yeah, he was. And he, didn't, he wasn't able to win it back as much either yeah. um, as he normally does. And his communication with Cook was not as good as it normally is. But I think that's where Fulham, certainly in the first half, sort of had us pegged in that, you know, if we can cut out, break out those channels, mm. stop that passing, um, which they just really, really, really well. Mm. I, part of me wonders whether Scott should be but just a bit more, I, I, I don't know, like, should he be deeper? Because I think he's better, you know, running with the ball. Maybe him or Lewis kind of scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe. So I think they're in a similar mould. Yeah, but him just pushing, you know, because one of them usually does hold. Hold forward, hold back. And then what, and I just think he's probably better like that, but I, I don't know. But, when yeah. we had all those injuries, he did come in and do that for us when we first got him back. He yeah. played in that kind of pivot, that two pivot. Yeah. So he can do it. Yeah, he can do it. So yeah, that, that right hand side was a, was a problem, but no, no changes there. And, that right hand side was a problem. When you look at the Fulham danger creation, you can see that left hand side, um, very, very hot on the wings. And just, just inside that as well, you can see that they created most of their chances. That's that, that William position. That's the position you used to take up most is. of the game, isn't it? But weirdly, like none of the goals came from that side. They were all balls. I mean, pretty much every, like every goal came from when the ball's moving slowly from left to right. Yeah. He sometimes with a cross, um, a cross as the first and third goal as well. He ball across and we just got caught cold. And it seemed to be that kind of pattern of play. Kirkes came on. Kirkes did play a bit higher up. He did offer us something more, didn't he? And he's, he's always got that energy about him, that, that bit of bite that maybe Kelly sometimes doesn't. It was an attacking substitution, certainly. Yeah. Because when you look at the second goal... Um, you would say that the defender got out jumped there yeah. to make the creation of that goal. So it's a brave move to bring on a shorter player who oh. doesn't have a, a, as good a leap and oh. not as good at heading the ball. And you're thinking, well, I, I need to do something to be able to get the ball down that flank, which is not currently happening. As you say, like, you know, for all of his, his good points, Kelly wasn't moving up the pitch. Yeah. It was, um, shall I, shall I, shall I say this? Okay. Yeah, I will. What time did you um what time did you come back up? <laughs> you were down there for a while, weren't you? You were no, tucking no, no. into your your bolty pie or whatever it, it was. was a chicken bolty pie, yeah. Was it and, nice? And a, a, yeah, it was all right. It was nice. No, I expect Tom to be down okay. there for ages, but not to, I was like, Hansen, where's Tiggs? Yeah. Where's Tiggs? It was funny really, because obviously the we scored, which we'll talk about in a second, and then but I still hadn't got up by the time that they scored. But those yeah. two goals were so close together. Was it like 51 seconds or something? Someone... I was still celebrating the first goal. I was still celebrating our goal when their goal went in. And, and you, you know what? We started the second half much better, facing our own fans, of course, and theirs, but it, it just felt a little bit more intense. It felt like the ball was mostly in their half and we were pressing a lot better. We were just... But it was so congested. It yeah. was so congested. And we had, we had little sort of room to to break through i think we'll have a look at the shots later on but um in terms of the shot stats <laughs> that's absolutely balmy like on target versus off target but it was a corner one of about twenty thousand. yeah loads that was swung in senesi marcus oh so yeah ball was put in uh i suppose it's slanky with a knockback yeah and there's, there's a 
an opportunity later on in the half that's very, very similar where mm. it gets knocked back, that's right. uh, which the Fulham players I don't think were expecting. And then, yeah, Senesi. I mean, he is... I'd like to know how many assists and goals he's got combined because he's got a... I think he's in our top three. I like him getting up there like that. I love yeah. having uh, a central defender that we know. He scored at, what, the last game at Palace and yeah. scored at Manchester United. We always know that he can be a threat, but some of the footwork... Did it Did it ring any bells for you? It did. Reminded me of one Go on. export defender who was at a game recently, Steve Cook. I know. I know. That was arguably better, I think. Just yeah. the way... Uh, Steve Cook did pluck it out the air and it fell to him nicely, but... He had to do more of a turn, I think, yeah. like Senesi. And the way he slid it in, yeah. I thought it was such a good goal. And from then, I'm thinking, genuinely, genuinely, I'm thinking, Get him. we're going to win this. Yeah, I, Genuinely, I thought we were going to win it. And then um, it, it transpires that we don't win it. Uh, there was a, you, you may not have seen, and it wasn't a point of conjecture on any media outlets at all, but it, there was a tackle with like um, Alex Scott lost the ball and it looked like the ball went out of play. Yeah, everyone said that to me when I came back to after the the goal went in. I came back to the stand, and everyone was like, "It was out, was it out, was it out." I was convinced. But I, was, I was watching it on the monitors downstairs, and there there was no even sign of it. To be honest, I, I was, it shows you the angles. How I it. was absolutely convinced. I think on the I've got a relatively good angle on the vlog, but obviously the camera's not great, and I'm zooming in; it's turning into pixels. But I think there's like a, a shade of white mm. ball hanging over the line there. So, and it transpired that the ball was then. Um, played over to the left-hand side where they manufactured a chance for the ball to be crossed on to Muniz to to put it in. And um, Senesi, for the good he did about two minutes previous, he, you know, it's, um, it's a combination of yeah. uh, mistakes. It's not just him, but he was pointing. He was going, at, this guy, this guy. He was pointing at the guy. goal scorer, like, you know, like, I've got this man, I've got this man. And then yeah. he just drifts. And then I think Kirk has he maybe came cut, forward. Yeah. And then there was a bit of confusion. And then it was just like an easy, I mean, an, I say an easy volley. It was a well-taken side-footed finish from Muniz. And uh, 3-1 at that stage, I'm still thinking we can get something <laughs> from it. But you see, there was there was real kind of, you can make real obvious comparisons between the the last goal and this goal. Yeah. I'll, in the, yeah. Yeah, the ball Absolutely. delivered where it's from delivered from. 100%. You know, from deep, defender out jumped. Mm. Uh, Frustrating, frustrating. And it was very, um, I would say stop-start, but um, we, I don't know, we, we had a, a number, a number of isolated chances throughout the road, but it didn't feel like this, it didn't ever feel like it was going to culminate in a goal. But And I don't know why, and I think that's because Fulham's blocking defensively. By the way, Tim Ream, I thought was brilliant. He was everywhere. He was so, so good. I thought yeah. he was absolutely excellent. He was ben, Ream. As they yeah, say. he was Ream. Do they use that word anymore? Is that an old word? Is that only wears Essex? Yeah, it was, Love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Or is it? Or is it Peng? Peng. Now. Have you even heard of that? Mm, well, I was pretending. Of course like that. you have. You're you're down with the kids, right? But I thought I thought he orchestrated that Fulham defence really well. I thought they've got a spine in their side. That's an underrated spine. I thought Kearney was brilliant as well. Yeah, he was. And and then they've got the talent out wide as well with like William. I will probably call Will I Am at some point. <laughs> in this podcast if I haven't already but yeah changes were were being made and there were a lot of changes we're looking at the um, match timeline here so after the goal the next point of note was Dom Solanke getting hauled over getting bashed about the yet then getting carded for it wasn't uh, sure what that was all about and then our old friend Harry Wilson came on Harrison Reed as well Antoine Semenyo replaced Alex Scott as well elsewhere throughout the game Dango uh, we saw the introduction of Unalu at about 25 minutes in total. And then later on in the game, Roman, here we go, ready? Fevre, Fevre. How the hell are we going to do a chant with that surname? I don't know. We have to call it something else, I think. Give him a nickname. Because you know when they have an R and an E at the end of the word, it's always like, Fevre. How, how are we going to do that? I don't think it's going to catch on, Sam. I think it's no. going to catch on. I mean, I can understand. I mean, we made a lot of subs uh, and and you can understand it because it it just wasn't working. And you, no matter what way you look at the game and how much faith you have in us yeah. being able to get it back into it, the system that we were working just didn't it didn't give us anything. And you can kind of think to yourself, well, okay, fresh legs on, but it was just fresh legs on, but with everything the same really. And there wasn't a lot of difference. And the only thing that was difference was that Unao was further up the pitch, so you ended yeah, up yeah. with the two up front. Um, 
and you just, oh, you know, like a, it was almost like a four four two, wasn't it, by the end of the game? But still, it didn't really didn't really change much. And he was working hard. Mm. We had we had fifty seven touches in the opposition's penalty area during that game. That surpassed the forty one that we had at Spurs, where we dominated with shots. So Solanke had nine, Sinistera had seven, Christie and Semenyo six each. But for all the touches we had in the box, there was not that clinical one, and we had shots. This is the shots chalkboard if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, I think it was, there are various sites that say different things, but I mean, 25, I thought it was, um, five of which were on target. Fulham had seven shots, six of which were on target. What a conversion rate that is. Yeah, it was. And you know, you look at where their goals came from. Mm. They came from a ball in from deep. And you look at how many touches we had in the box. Well, I don't, were we trying to, Sort of walk the ball in, maybe. I mean, but then the crosses, uh, sorry, the crosses, the shots. Yeah. I can't believe how many shots we had off target. Yeah, well, there was quite an odd statistic. I mean, Christie, obviously, like, there were, there was one that got flown over to the far post where he tried to get his left foot around it and somehow bundled it away for a corner for us. The one where it, it went way over the bar, Semenyo had a chance that went over the bar. I would love Christie to work on his finishing. I mean, yeah. just imagine. Was Cel- was he like this at Celtic? Do you know? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. I yeah, mean, he was. because because when he signed, a few of their fans like came on saying, "Absolutely superb, brilliant player," but I can't just don't put him in front of goal. Don't put him in front of goal. Which is which is one of the funniest things ever. Is when he plays for Scotland, he quite often takes penalties, and he's amazing at them. So maybe the, he's never missed a pen. I don't think. So he put a shirt, a Scotland shirt, Got a shirt underneath a Bournemouth shirt. That'd be great. Ryan, do it. Do um, it, mate. I think the heat maps indicate where where the action yeah. areas were somewhat, and look at that full and penalty area. Um, yeah, that was a, a key a key area where the ball seemed to be quite a lot and really they didn't overly get into our penalty area as you can see and it and it felt like that the whole of the second half actually I thought that we you know pen them in but it's just the quality wasn't it and it was so like I said earlier so congested they had bodies they had bodies everywhere did their goalkeeper make a lot of saves I don't remember not overly no I don't think they did no not overly I, I, I don't know I'm just getting I'm getting a bit frustrated but look um I, I was walking away after the game and I just thought, doesn't matter. Because football never ends. It doesn't. And you know what? You know, like, even if we won, like, won it doesn't really matter. Because like, you know, we'll lose games, we'll win games. But all I just want is some kind of consistency, which supporting Bournemouth, let's face it, we will never have. I think that's kind of the down, downside I of this. I wish we were just good all the time. We've got, we've got this. Uh, what did we call it? What was it called before he arrived? What? Iriola, uh, organized chaos. Yeah, right. So, yeah. I mean, if you take that as a, a kind of a, a marker of what you're expecting to see, that's about right. I mean, that, they, I would expect inconsistency with organized chaos. Were they a band? <laughs> oh no, that's ultimate chaos, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know. Do you don't. remember that? No, I don't remember them. Put them in the comments out. if you remember that. But um, I don't know. Uh, the 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 weird thing is now that we've just got, a f- we haven't really got injuries to hide behind now. No. Um, one thing I do really want to see is Tyler Adams back because yeah. I think that will give. I think um, I don't want to say complacent, but Christie's just not been quite on it. And look, you know, do not get me wrong. And we did say this a number of shows ago that Christie's uh, weirdly earned the right to have a bad game Absolutely. or two. Absolutely, um, his his retention of the ball in this game I don't think was particularly great. Uh, Lewis Cook as well. The individual error side, I, I thought he was had a you know standard game, but he didn't he didn't really grab hold of the the game as 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 much as I felt he could do from that position where sometimes he can really you know dictate what happens. Loads of unforced errors, wingers misfiring, and we seem yeah. to have lost that kind of mojo a little bit. But I yeah. suppose it's better to be. Losing games like that and getting lots of shots on target, because then that's one thing we maybe weren't doing so much yeah. at the start of the season. Yeah, we, I mean, we're definitely more attacking. You, you can just tell that from the amount of shots that we take. It's just, it's keeping that quality. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a few players that um, that were kind of targeted as, as not playing very well. I don't think anyone played very well, for one. Yeah. I, can't, I can't really think of anyone that really stuck out for me as, mm-hmm. as performing well at all. Smith got a, quite a lot of stick. Yeah, but then I think to myself, well, he's got Tav in front of him. Mm. Well, he needs more help in that situation. Yeah. You know, like there's no point saying really, 
he's not good enough. He is good enough. We've yeah. seen in other games he's good enough. It's just yeah. he just wasn't in that game, and that's why you need to make a change probably. I think Max Aarons would have brought a lot more balance to that side because he'd got energy to get up. I mean, I don't know. It just it did it didn't feel wrong. There were players that were sort of coming off arguing at half time yeah. and stuff, and it wasn't overly great at all. I think yeah, we missed we missed Clive out in that number ten. We really did. And I, but I take solace from the fact that we did create so many chances, and it's like you know, despite the fact we're not ourselves, the muscle memory of just shooting is still there. So, yeah. you know, we're still giving them some things to think about. And I think a lot of Fulham fans have, you know, come on and said, you know, you were great in the second half. I thought that Marco Silva said you know, something along those lines as well, saying that, you know, Bournemouth were very good in the second half, but we did enough to win the game. But Andoni yeah, said we, we, weren't, we weren't good enough in the boxes. No, and we've been here before. And, I, you know, it, it, Tom always says this to me. I go, oh, we're good that half. Yeah, we were good that half. Yeah. But we were 3-1 down. Yeah. So we were allowed to be good. You know, let's be honest. You know, I don't think, I don't think Fulham would have competed in the same way that they did mm. if it was a draw at that point of the game. Yeah. A lot more of it would happen in the cent center of the pitch. I think. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The game was gone really at two 0 Yeah, it, really. The game was gone. Uh, Tiggs, you know what? I love having you on these shows. It's half term. Yeah, it is. So it just means Tom can take a little break. It means you can come in, give your thoughts. Ben, he's he's not at school anymore, so he's really like filling in and doing some stuff for us. But oh, I do want to touch, by the way. I don't expect you to contribute to any of this because it's me saying this now. On some of the weird social media reaction there has been. If you're well on Twitter, right? And um, okay. I think I think during the game, uh, you know what Tom's like with his with his tweeting and stuff. He I think he tweeted about David Brooks, who at the weekend he he came off for of Saints, assisted two goals for him or something in their five three win um, against Huddersfield. Whereas um, he was making the comparison in his tweet that whereas we're bringing on. Dango Watara, who I suppose is not exactly famed for coming on and changing games for FC no, Bournemouth. I think that, and he got a little bit of stick um, from the usual suspects, some of which we well, we know they are, even though they don't think we know who they are. But um, one of them weirdly associated his post with issues that are a lot bigger than football, which well, I think was very obtuse from them. But look, the way that Tom writes his tweets, I think he can be quite abrasive sometimes with the way he writes it. Um, and I suppose if you're a person that's easily triggered or you've maybe elevated his status in, in your own head to something beyond even what Tom regards himself as, I think you're all going to be chumming at the bit to retweet him. And they did with a few quote tweets that I just think uh, are quite bizarre. I think that, look, there's some context that's needed to, to Tom's tweets. But one thing I would say is, you know, on both sides, weighing it up. Brooke, yeah, Brooks did come on for Saints. Yeah. Uh, but it was against Huddersfield in the yeah. championship. Um, and yeah. there were a number of performances where he was relatively ineffective. Yeah. And he himself forced that move because he really needed football. So it's, you know, it's what he wanted. We didn't but want him to go. No, we didn't want him to go. But I think what, what he's saying is that if there is to be a packing order at AAC Bournemouth with the players that we had before yeah. Brooks went, you would probably put him on ahead of Watara in terms of the game-changing ability that he's got. And we saw that at Brentford. He yeah. came on on 60 minutes, scored a goal. Yeah. Watara, I think Tom and many other Bournemouth fans are still trying to work out what he's good at. I mean, he did brilliantly for us, by the way, at left-back when he came on and like, fiddled in for a couple of games. Um, and he didn't do anything wrong, by the way, no. um, in the game at Fulham. I thought, I thought, you know, I thought he did all right. But if you had the choice, you would probably bring on Brooks. And I think, obviously, there's a lot of frustration on his part. It would be good to see what Watara's good at, wouldn't it? I think it's really interesting, actually. When I think about him in that game, I think that Brooks probably would have been better at creating different types of chances. Yeah, yeah. Watara, I don't think, is a, a chance creator. But what he should, what he's trying to be is a converter, especially when he's played high at the pitch. Yeah. Oddly, I would actually say that perhaps he's the type of player that would have been beneficial to have on the pitch earlier in the game mm. so that we didn't go to a 2-0 deficit because we know how hard he works down the wings yes yeah agreed, agreed. you know if you had him up against William yeah, yeah. You know, running up and down running up and down running up and down I'm not saying that he should play right back instead of Adam Smith but what I'm saying is yeah, yeah. you know he's a physical kind of player yes agreed, that's going to yeah. that's going to limit chances 
and maybe then up the other end get something on his head. Yeah. But in terms of when we're at a game where no matter what we try and do, whatever we do, we kept knocking at the door, we just couldn't get anything yeah. in the goal. That's when someone like David Brooks, uh, is what I think Tom was trying to say, would have yeah. been better at creating that chance, unlocking the door. Yeah. Whereas Dango is a little bit more passive, but so explosive. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, but by the way, did you see Rothwell's goal as well for Southampton? Unbelievable. Why, you know, that's but that just shows you like, a strike. When we signed him from Blackburn, yeah. that's what he was doing for Yeah, Blackburn, I know. And then we oh, played him as a different kind of player, which you can understand in the systems and whatever. But I think that um, there were some very weird observations from some people about Tom, I thought. By the way, the same people on Twitter that liked one of their fellow... Cruise tweets earlier in the season because we saw when you know, do you remember when the club put out that kind of one to 11 team list, but like you know, dementia things? Yeah, yeah I um, remember someone tweeted along uh, something along the lines of, Oh, Dango's playing at number 10, then like confused or whatever. And there were a few likes of people on that tweet that were laying into Tom. I don't know, it's it's um, yeah, a bit of a I, I suppose it's easier to knock someone off a pedestal that they themselves have put Tom on, I suppose, rather than knock knock someone down that's not even climbed up the pedestal yet in their size three feet. Um, but yeah, that's 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 Twitter. That's Twitter. I it? mean, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just misunderstanding a tweet. I don't think that I don't think that tweet was supposed to say that Dango's not a good footballer. No, exactly. I think um, it was saying that it would have been great to have someone like David Brooks on the bench to bring on. For, you know, from my perspective, like, I I did use. I mean, I have got a personal Twitter account. I do like maybe retweet uh, or get a DM and I'll reply. But the thing is, like, a tweet. You know what you got? Two hundred? Is it two hundred eighty characters? Unless you like that, yeah. pay Elon, which uh, I'm never going to do. Um, but I I find it's you know even two hundred. God, I can't believe that before it was one hundred and forty. How yeah. on earth did we survive with one hundred and forty? But even in two hundred and eight characters, you cannot say what you want to say with the, in the way you want to say it. And that's why no, I think it's... I save my opinions for this, where I can have the time to maybe yeah. contextualize it a little bit. You can't you can't you can't encapsulate everything you want to say in a balanced way. It's a short, sharp, isn't it? That's that's the whole point of it. It's supposed yeah. to create debate, I suppose. I suppose oh yeah, just yeah, it's just weird the way that they themselves say the same thing, but when Tom says it. But then that's he's he he's elevated his own status. So thank you for uh, making Tom the superstar that he is. Um, I think he's a superstar. Was was the ref a superstar? Look, there was a I didn't really notice I, the ref. I thought if some people thought the officiating was a bit dire and I was at times he was letting things go that I felt he shouldn't and then at other times there were some Bournemouth fans were saying like Fulham were time wasting a little bit by going down. I mean there were what seven minutes of additional time in the first half and I don't think there's any controversy to this. I don't think no. there's any, any other team in the world that wouldn't do the exact same thing, including us. Just sour grapes on our part, wasn't I it? I think so, mate. Well, don't say that. I'm sorry. But, and, you know, that was the same ref that gave zero stoppage time in the FA Cup against Swansea. Oh, yeah, that was, was, really? oh, yeah, yeah, that, that. That that was, was the so weird. <laughs> like, it was on 89-59, full-time yeah. whistle play. So, what? Uh, uh, uh. what? What's going on there? But, anyway... Um, yeah, not a good day at the office for AFC Bournemouth whatsoever. I think the, there is a reality check that some people are mentioning on the Vitals forums. And I sort of read it and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. But uh, we'll just check the average. Well, I'll explain shortly. We'll have a look at the average positions just to show you how the game sort of developed. So this is um, Fulham's average position, very much penned in their own half. And Bournemouth trying to play very much the Bournemouth way. But as you can see, um, let's flip back to Fulham's and we'll show you their sort of substitutions. They did retreat, whereas when we made the substitutions, you can really see that we were pushing further on up the park. And we, but so that made that whole half so congested and it wasn't a game where we could counterattack. It wasn't anything. It's so crucial, it seems these days, that Bournemouth take the lead. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. You are spot on. And when we don't, and I think I said that before the game in the car with you, actually. Mm. And when we don't, that's when we're really in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think as well, like, the lack of width in that game is really yeah. interesting to look at. Yeah, oh my goodness. When you've got such good wingers, yeah. but you're not getting the ball out really wide and stretching the pitch, everything came. 
I don't know. It just shows you that from the average positions. That's all observation. Yeah, absolutely. So we've also got uh, some stats as well from from twelve, which show you the XG by minute. By the way, I didn't realise that there's two different XG providers. There's Opta, and there's also um, Understat as well, and they all serve different like media companies or whatever. Can we start one of those? It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. There's money in it. It's funny because like Senesi's, according to Opta. Or was it the other way around? Senesi's had a his his goal had a lot lower XG with Opta than it did with Understat because they do it using a slightly different metric because there were little, like loads of bodies in the way and stuff. I don't know how it's worked out, but we're we're flicking through the stats here and we can see the left hand side is where the danger creation was for AFC Bournemouth. Uh, Senesi came got across him from the left, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah, we went. Oh, yeah, Good cross and, as well. And I think the parking, like the passing network as well, can can show you here that um, that link up play, especially on the left hand side, certainly yeah. was better than it was on the right hand side. Tavernier not not really in the game. I'm sort of wondering with with Tav, sort of what's what's happening at the moment because he's just not on it at the moment. But it's just it's just that spark he can provide every so often, can't he? Would he be better on the left? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe maybe, and I, I know sometimes, and this obviously sometimes affects the average yep. position they do they switch. do switch and stuff but these are the overall stats then from afcb.co.uk just you know don't look at the uh off target numbers it will make you have ptsd um who was your man of the match if you could if you could name one for afc bournemouth was there a a star man i mean i'll tell you now that um according to who scored Muniz unsurprisingly with a couple of yeah. goals what was their main man but as far as ball can you, you it's know, probably Senesi but I mean, yeah I, I didn't think anyone um no no because he was at fault as well later yeah. on, and whatever. you're right that he was the highest scoring player with 7.9 the goal of course massive for that that little e by uh Cook's name, of course, was the error. Uh, Zabali also scored highly as well. Dom Solanke, I thought it was a funny game for Dom. Really, he just wasn't in it, was he? Uh, he no. had that. He had that overhead shot that took a touch that looked for a split second like it was looping in, but didn't. But really, he was just getting out muscled. And they were doing defensively what we tend to do to, um, you know, attackers where we push up like really, really yeah. touch tight with them. And then when the ball's being played in their foot, just, you know, get in their face and just get a touch on it, just disrupt yeah. the whole mode of play. And certainly in the first half, I remember thinking that it was quite unusual, not unusual, because we know that he can do it and he did it for us for many seasons, yeah. how deep Dom was having to come to try and get some action on the ball. Um, whereas in other games where he's been most effective in, in terms of scoring, yeah. he's been able to have a little bit more freedom, mm. maybe able to stay up there and let other players bring the ball up. We weren't able to do that today. No. So, so let's let's kind of have a reality check then, shall we? Because yeah, I mean, it's 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 not great. We haven't won in the league in twenty twenty four, but we are going to Wembley, right? Well, we're two wins away from that. Beat Leicester, and then hopefully a favourable. We're, we're so going to draw Man City. We're yeah, we're going to draw Man City. Do you know what? I was really sort of looking forward to that Leicester game, and then I looked to the Championship and see how. <laughs> Well, it's clear they are. They're going to put a strong team out. I thought oh, maybe yeah. they might go a bit weaker like we used to when we were looking for promotion, but they're going to put a strong team out, aren't they? Well, in a way, it'd be ideal for them to lose a couple of games and for Saints and Leeds to keep winning. I can't believe I'm saying what I'm saying, but look, we outplayed Spurs on New Year's Eve. We were unlucky, I thought, to, to lose 3-1 with a, with a ridiculous mistake for their first goal what else in the league uh liverpool all right it, it's, liverpool. it's liverpool we we did well for the first half we fell apart in the second half of course that's not good but they're going to be up there they're going to probably finish first or second probably second um at west ham we outplayed them i thought yeah i just thought we were maybe wasteful in front of goal we should have probably put the game to bed when we could have it was a softish pen yeah. for west ham maybe yeah, yeah, maybe yeah um, there were more goals in that game than there were. I mean, there should have been more goals in that game. Than oh there. yeah, one hundred percent against Forest, which was only like three days later. A very and they niggly, had, niggly game. That yeah. was the problem with that one. And they had an extra couple of days to prepare because they played on the Tuesday. They just out. They just out. I don't think they were better than us no. from a footballing point of view. Just, they outfought us. But we were. But I think we just looked maybe a little bit leggy. Yeah. In that and in that game, I just think look, twenty five shots. Just a lack of clinical finishing. Yeah. We're still creating the chances. I think even if we don't get results in the next two, which is 
Unlikely. Yeah, it's likely we Possibly won't. likely. Yeah. I don't think there's anything to overly worry about because we can see there's an identity. And haven't we said all along that we'd rather see our team lose like this than not pose a threat whatsoever? Like mm-hmm. sometimes we did previously under different managers. Yeah. Um, we would not, you know, we would not be in games. It's, you know, it's so weird the way that football works. But, you know, you're still, well, you're still Mr. Positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've got two really tough league games coming up now. And uh, I think you, you, you've got to kind of look at that. Actually, do you know what you can look at as well? You can look at the other results in the Premier League yeah. at the moment. And there are results that are surprising people. There's some that aren't. Yeah. But even like West Ham against Arsenal the other yeah. day, you know, that was that that scoreline is quite a quite a result, really, quite an unexpected result. But our position in the league is still where it is because nothing really... I suppose it doesn't... Uh, you know what? It doesn't really matter, does it? If our position doesn't overly change that much, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, no. it, I, I know it's annoying and you, you sort of look at teams in and around you like the ones you should be getting points from. But say that's uh, Wolves who are doing exceptionally under Gary O'Neill, got some astounding results. And when they're, you know, they're running hot at the moment, I would say, but then they go and lose 2-0 home to Brentford. Yeah. So, Absolutely. And look, we, we, we've had some surprising results before against big team, Man United. We're going up to Newcastle on Saturday. Eddie Howe has never beaten us yet. I, I, I've got a feeling that that might come to an end on Saturday. I don't know, but well, we, got, could, like, we could go out and surprise. They've got two wins on the bounce. Yeah. Two wins on the bounce. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're looking better, aren't they? Um, certainly. But then, in a weird kind of way, that kind of lifts the... I, Sounds odd, this. And and if you're a fan of another club and you're not a Bournemouth fan, you're not going to understand this at all. But if 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 Newcastle were losing week in week out, yeah. we'd feel a bit weird going up there, yeah, and beating them because of what that might mean. Yeah. But now they've had a little reprieve from the recent results. I actually feel like we can go yeah, there true. and get something. I actually do. Well, when the, it's weird, like when there's um, when there's expectation, mm. when there's, yeah, when there's expectation, we don't really live up to it. But when there isn't. Yeah, we do, and look, I think we expected to get something more than we did against West Ham. I think, I think most yeah, well, West no, Ham fans didn't agree, but you know, we don't talk about West Ham too much after their absolute capitulation. Uh, the Premier League show might have something on that tomorrow, um, and then against Forest, we we all expected something. Against Fulham, we expected something. Against yeah. Newcastle, are, are we? No, no. Man City though, mm, not too sure. I think that might be slightly. I'd be interested to see what today. he does for that game. It's a free hit, and he's he's settled in a little bit more now, Iriola. And yeah. what what his approach is to yeah. play against Man City, who we've never got any points from, at least not in the last like thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what what will he do? Will he will he change things, or will he go? Nope, sticking to it. It'd be there's, interesting. There's some conjecture I've seen on. Um, some like I think the Daily Mail or whatever, and a few uh, Craig Hope, the Newcastle United journalist, about Philip Billing and Lloyd Kelly being linked with Newcastle mm. end of the season. Mm. Um, obviously, Lloyd would go on a free. We would probably expect him to go. Phil Bill will get something for him. Yeah, maybe he's yeah. such an interesting one. We've spoken about him loads of times, and his style yeah. and the way that he moves it. You know, he looks so relaxed, but, you know, floats around the pitch. I should not forget last season, he was in the numbers. He was our big guy. He was yeah. our number one, really, more than Solanke. Yeah. In terms of how important he was for us staying up. Yeah. In this system, Clivert gets in ahead of him at the moment. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's Clivert's press and billing. Sometimes he's good at that, but sometimes he just has the odd game where, because of his style, you yeah. just notice it a lot more as being pedestrian whereas yeah. you know you wouldn't label him with it if you saw the stats and you see that how no. much is how much earth he's covered so he's really good i tell you what he was really good at when he was really good and he would he would he would cut out those channels those passing channels yes interceptions was yeah. his thing whereas now he's being asked to press mm. and he's not looking because you see him you watch him around the pit he's looking to see how can i nick yeah. the ball yeah We'll see what transpires. Look, um, it's a busy week as ever for Back in the Net. We've got a few shows coming out, so make sure uh, you subscribe. If you've been listening via the audio pod, you can leave a little cheeky review if you can. So on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or whatever it is, there's there's a little area, isn't there, where it says reviews. And then people can type stuff about us. Type stuff about us. Leave a five-star review if you can. Something nice, please. Um, but no, honestly, we appreciate all the feedback uh, and all the comments that we've got as well. You know, what's going wrong for AFC Bournemouth? Why... 
Why are you worried? Why are you not worried? Let us know in the comments. We, we would love to know. And yeah, stay tuned because there's going to be more content on the way. Tiggs, it has been a pleasure. It's been it's been very different, but I've loved like sharing this game yeah, with you, like, dissecting right, it with you. It's been nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm not, I don't get to do these very often because uh, of life, but I have enjoyed doing this one. And I, I hope now, back on the up. Back on the up. Fingers crossed. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Up the cherries. Up the cherries. Billy, left footed. It's a cheeky one. Square! And smashed in! Keith Moore! More! 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 A brilliantly worked set piece. Skull doggery. Hood winkery. Keith Moore. 1-0. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.